All right, welcome to our second episode of Quick Hits. These are going to be quick hits by Jay and I throughout the week, 10, maybe 15 minutes about some stuff that happens before our normal show that drops usually Thursday night or Friday morning. Uh, some great stuff today. We have obviously a little Final Four gambling preview. You can't talk about anything this week without talking about the Final Four. We're getting a dream matchup. Duke Carolina never happened before. We are very, very excited for it. Uh, some big news in the NFL. The overtime rules. It looks like they're finally changing. You're going to get Jay and I's take on if this was time or if they were good the way they were. And also, we got Jay going to give us some phenomenal insight to the uh, Texas Valero Open about to tee off tomorrow morning in San Antonio. Jay D, how are we doing today? Good to go, man. It's Wednesday, my favorite day of the week. We got the PGA starting tomorrow. We got a little college basketball coming this Saturday, man. The NBA is firing in all, all cylinders with the playoffs approaching, man. We got a lot of, a lot to dive into for this 15 minutes. I figure I didn't preview anything with the NBA because we got our long show tomorrow. So we'll absolutely talk about that, about five or six games left. I think the story is, which is a little ridiculous, maybe it's because I live in L.A., but the story is the Lakers and how they are out if the playoffs started right this second. Beautiful. We'll There's a God. Tomorrow. You, you're fired up about that? Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I just yeah. love anything bad that happens to the Lakers. But anyway, yeah, I digress. They're talking right now if they shut LeBron down right now because they're out. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. They've kind of already shut him down. He's on a one-game-on, one-game-off kind of basis right now. So feels like they've already kind of mailed it in. Yeah, toughest schedule coming up out of every team is the Lakers. I think they're only going to be favored in one out of their last six or seven games, and that's barely by like a point or two. Um, all right, so real quick, NFL rules, overtime. What do we think about this? It's going to look like because of the catalyst of – that Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes battle in the playoffs, that they're finally going to change the rule and make sure that both teams get a possession in the overtime. Are you okay with this? Or are you okay of the camp of everything was fine the way it was? If your defense can't get it done, you don't deserve to get the ball. Well, look, personally, I do like that both teams will get the ball. That being said, you know, next year when this happens, somebody will find something that they hate about the new rules, and then they will change them again. Rules are just malleable, whether it's in society or in sports. They're just always changing. And, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Personally, I love college overtime. Uh, you know, just, just give them the ball at the 30, and, and let's see what happens. You know, I it, think, it seems like the best way to do it. I think college football overtime is the most exciting thing in sports. It's By far. It's awesome. You get the ball in the 25, you score, then the other team has to score. And if they do, then you flip it. Then you're on defense first. They kick a field goal, you score a touchdown, game over. I, I, I love it. We had a few. I think Penn State was involved in one of them this year that went like nine overtimes. Some people said, oh, that's, that's too much. What, what are you watching for? This is like the most exciting part of an already exciting game. Give me more football. That's it. A lot of people are saying it's going it's to extend everything too much. Why don't they just play a 10-minute quarter, and at the end of that quarter, then that's again. I don't mind that at all either. I, I'm, I'm down for anything. I just think you look at Josh Allen's face after he loses that coin toss when he went back to his bench. In the playoffs, they he knew nobody was stopping Mahomes. And funnily enough, Tyreek Hill, who we talked about last week, uh, they, they, he knew that game was over. He knew he wasn't going to see the ball, barring some ridiculous turnover, uh, that it was over. And then, of course, Kansas City marched downfield and scored. Just a note, this is just going to be for the playoffs starting next year. 
Here's the point. Here's the thing everybody needs to wrap their head around. The NFL has done, and all sports for that matter, have done nothing but hinder defenses every year by changing rules to favor offense, right? Every single sport. Offense is what sells tickets. Offense gets TV ratings. Offense makes money. So here you go. You have the playoffs, the most important time of the year, and you're not even going to give both offenses a chance to play football? It's egregious. So I am glad. I will put... uh, a little flag in the sand here and say that, yes, I, I do agree with these rule changes. I think that if you're going to make it hard to, for teams to play defense, you have to give both offenses a chance to play in overtime in the playoffs when the stakes are the highest. I agree. And I think the NFL can do no wrong. They can, you know, they, they rape people, they murder people, they, they do all this stuff. And guess what? The ratings just keep shooting higher. The only thing that could stop the NFL is somebody kneels during the anthem and everybody freaks out. So they're very proud and they can do no wrong. They're not going to take something from a lesser product being college football, as popular as it may be, and use that as theirs because it's already established and they'll look like they're kind of taking a step backwards. But I'm all for that. Give both teams the ball. Have them play a ten minute overtime, whatever. And this is—I I felt this way for a long time before, uh, before that Kansas City Buffalo game. We used to ask people all the time on our old show, mostly sports. If you became the czar of sports and you can change one rule in football or in sports, what would it be? I can go back and look at the stats, but I feel like everybody said, almost not everybody, a good amount of people said, I would change college football overtime. It's ridiculous. I agree. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Uh, all right, let us know your thoughts on that. We're at Mostly Gambling uh, on every everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and I just I did something today, Jay. I signed up for a TikTok account, which I've Hell never no. done. I know Mike Stringer will be excited, but uh, I signed up for TikTok. I might throw some, some – if I get some good information on some of these games, uh, I want to get that up there. I had a few trolls getting at me this week because of that Kyrie bet. Um, oh, I nice. Loved, I loved Kyrie. So we have some trolls. I guess that means people are listening. That's good. But just, Well, this uh, is how you respond to the trolls that didn't like that bet. Here's the point. If everybody knew that Kyrie was going to shoot the ball 22 times, they all would have bet their fucking mortgage on the over 26 and a half. He went yeah. six for 22. You can't. It's just being results oriented Monday morning quarterbacking. You know, the, the guy shot the ball plenty of times. He had an historically bad shooting night. The bet was sound. So, yeah. you know, that's what happens in gambling. So and just for, for the, the trolls, record, he went over again la- or under he went under again last night. I think it was a twenty six and a half. So I'm not saying anything here, but I just want to throw this out there. The next game that happens in Brooklyn, I am don't know what the number is gonna be, but I'm going over because I don't think you're right. Shooting the ball twenty two times and he goes under that number probably has only happened a handful of times in his career. Um all right. We got some more golf coming up this weekend. The Valero Open in San Antonio. Talk to me. Give me some of your picks. Help these people out with a little bit of advice for daily fantasy stuff. You know, I geek about the uh, about the golf big tournament this week because it leads up to the Masters coming next week, sandwiched in between the match play, which was phenomenal last week. Scotty Scheffler, number one golfer in the world now. Pretty good field in uh, at the Valero Open. They're playing at the TPC San Antonio. Pete Dye, Greg Norman design. We got Rory McIlroy. Jordan Spieth is defending champ, not playing well, not in good form. He was terrible at the match play, but he's been playing in this tournament since he was in high school, I believe. He played as an amateur in high school in this professional tournament. He won it last year. If he's ever going to break out of a slump, it's going to be this week. 
and, and this is a guy that is is traditionally incredible at the Masters as well. So this is the time of year Jordan Spieth comes alive. Uh, you know, throw a couple bucks on those guys. Corey Connors, another guy, won this tournament three years ago as a Monday qualifier. Just went deep in the match play, finished third, beat Dust, Dustin Johnson in the third place game. Uh, Maverick McNeely, another guy you want to look at. Kevin Streelman, Charlie Hoffman owns this place. He's the all-time leading money winner in this tournament's history. He's not in great form. You can probably get him at some decent prices right now and some great head-to-head matchups. Love Charlie Hoffman. And one last pick, Abraham Answer. This place is a ball striker's heaven. T to green. If you can hit the ball well, you can score well here. Probably somewhere around 18 to 20 under is going to win. Abraham Abraham Answer can go low. So those, those are some guys you probably want to target. DFS-wise, Patton Kazire, that's a guy you can look for. He's a little pricey. All those guys are around 8000 You can look for them. A guy that I'm personally looking at who's super cheap for uh, Daily Fantasy, Grayson Sig. Remember that name. This is a, this is a good course for him. He's a great ball striker. Sixty seven hundred on DraftKings. He's a guy I'm going to be rostering. Wow, that's a fantastic amount of information in about a minute. Um, it is a quick hitter, baby. We we got to get it out it, there to the people. Quick hitter. Let me ask you a question. I'll put you on the spot here. Out of everything you do daily fantasy wise, give me like give me your top three in order. But my favorite sports. To, yeah, to, to go daily, daily fantasy, not just, I know basketball is your favorite, but daily fantasy, like is golf three, is golf one, what do you, where do you put it? Well, go, I mean, golf is probably, I do NBA for work because I make money at it. I would say that golf is my passion. I love the golf. The golf is the best thing to gamble on. And, you know, as gamblers, the people that listen to this show, whether you've been gambling your whole life or not, you know, golf has always kind of been on the back burner. Not a lot of golf gamblers. I'm telling you, that's going to change in the next two or three years. In two or three years, the, the gambling space, the sports gambling space will be taken over by golf. Everybody will be betting golf live, before the tournaments, matchups. It is the funnest sport to gamble on by far. Okay. Yeah, and you do a little research. The courses matter. You know, these guys' games, the statistics in golf have gotten so much better, understanding guys' games and putting them against courses that favor their strengths and their weaknesses. And then there's just, like, enough weird stuff that goes on in golf with weather, with wind that comes in the morning. We saw it at TPC Sawgrass a couple weeks ago where half the field was basically eliminated because of weather. So it's 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 a fun sport to gamble on, especially a fun sport to do DFS. So I would say golf is probably my number one. Okay. Uh, moving on to March Madness real quick. We're going to get a lot more in-depth on the show tomorrow about this. But uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you are well aware that the Final Four is happening this weekend. First game set to go off 10 after 3 Pacific time. Kansas Villanova from New Orleans. Kansas is a four-and-a-half point favorite over under 133. And... Right after that, Duke, North Carolina. Duke's a four-point favorite over under all the way up at 151. Uh, Like I said, tomorrow we'll really dig into this. But, Jay, just to throw out the futures because there's four. Carolina's plus 550 to win the whole thing. Nova plus 450. Kansas plus 190. Duke plus 150. If you had to throw any of your money on one of those four teams, where's it going? Look, I, you know, as I said a few, you know, the last two weeks, I have all my pools on Villanova. If Villanova wins this thing, I win uh, a nice chunk of change. That being said, Justin Moore getting hurt 
is not good for Villanova. That's one of their better players. 6'4 guard. He's been on crutches all week. Uh, knee injuries. So that kind of that paves the way, I think, for Kansas. Tony Kelly's been saying. Yeah, Kansas, just with the eye test, Kansas just looks amazing, man. And yeah, yeah I mean, you put your gun to my head, I'd say Kansas. But, you know, we were, if you listen to the show, you know, I wasn't as high on Duke. I thought Duke would get past some of these other teams and maybe make it to a Final Four. North Carolina has been finding their groove, man. That's a team that underachieved the entire year. They have top five talent. Hubert Davis just had to figure out how to coach it. So Carolina is yeah. pretty scary right now. Carolina, their point per game difference right now, the last 11 games, is plus 11. Okay. It's actually 10.9, but plus 11. They're 9 and 2 against the spread, 10 and 1 straight up. Now, when you hear these numbers, and I might put this up on the new TikTok thing later today, but when you hear these numbers, and I'll give you some for Villanova as well and Jay Wright in the tournament, but just keep in mind that these are tournaments that are, these are teams that have won four games in the tournament and probably gone very, very far, if not all the way, in their conference tournaments. Okay, whether it's ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, whatever, they're going far. So these numbers could be a little bit skewed. You see nine and two against the spread. You say, I got to do that. But you do a little deeper dive into UNC Carolina. They played twice today and, and talk about a seesaw. They played twice. Duke won the first one by 20 at Carolina when they were favored by three and a half. And then Carolina won by 13 at Duke. It's Coach K's last game at Cameron. And Duke was an 11-point favorite in that. So there's some interesting storylines also with this. You're talking, obviously, Coach K's last hurrah. Who knows if the NCAA was saying, if he gets this far, let's make sure he goes all the way. It's your first time playing Duke Carolina, I think, by far and away, the best rivalry in college basketball, without question. And then the Kansas-Villanova game, you look at Jay Wright's numbers in this tournament. He's 20-3 and straight up, 19-4 and against the spread. But like you said, Justin Moore's out. Second on the team in points per game at 14.9, third in rebounding at only 4.8. But that is a monster, monster loss. Is Villanova going to play any different than they have? I don't know. They grind it down about as slow as any team in the nation before Justin Moore went out. Who we'll see. They're 345th in adjusted tempo. It should be very interesting to see. But I agree with you. Kansas, I test, tough. Yeah, Four man. and a half points. I don't think that comes down. Maybe grab it before it goes up even higher. It's going to eight. I mean, I thought the line would be eight, if you want me to be honest with you. Uh, I saw four and a half, and I was kind of shocked, and I'm shocked that it hasn't moved yet. Uh, Kansas is firing on all cylinders right now. They've figured out Remy Martin coming off the bench. He comes in. We talked about him on this show. Everybody's talking about him. He is like the perfect six man. Kansas is terrifying. They they have everything they need to uh, to kind of walk through this final four, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right. Check back in with us tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, we're going to be doing another show and then putting it up. Hopefully, it gets up Thursday night, maybe even as early as Friday or as late as Friday morning. But we're going to be talking a little more about Kansas Nova, UNC Duke. Jay's going to give us some updates on the Valero Open, and then we'll talk about the NBA in the home stretch, maybe even get a little more into NFL, but let us know. We are at Mostly Gambling. I'm Mike Scavati. That is Jay Devlin. Take it down. We'll see you tomorrow.